Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening and welcome to the Man in the Pulse Weekend Review Show. I'm your caretaker manager once again, I'm Ali, and joining me as usual, the, the dynamic duo of, of Dave and Simon. How are we, fellas? Um, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, especially after last night. All good. Expected that answer. And Dave? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thanks, mate. Our game was, was days ago now, so it's long, long forgotten about. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Dave, we, we are going to have to hit that quite quickly um, but we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the highlights of Brighton 0 Burnley 0 on the early kickoff on Friday um, did anybody see this did, did anybody care about this I mean Dave we'll just start with you just since it's the your fa- second favourite team in the Premier League yeah. um, <laughs> you, no 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 Burnley are you familiar with the term two ball men fighting over a comb <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean this was this was every bit as nil-nil as you thought it would be. Um, I mean, the worst thing about this is Burnley went for a point and got it. Like in their position, who do they think they can beat if this isn't a game they can try and win? Like I just don't get the logic whatsoever. Yeah, I'm really concerned. I mean, I think me and Simon mentioned last week we're obviously quite fans of Dyke and kind of got a soft spot for Burnley, not in the way they they play football or anything like that. Mainly, the, the they've had some players that we would like playing, and obviously like Zeit. But my my biggest concern from this game is actually Brighton more than Burnley. Like I hyped up Brighton quite a lot at the start of the season. Under like I, I do think Potter's quite a good manager, and he's playing quite nice stuff. But are they going to be one of these teams who, you know, we should have done better, we should have got a point, or we should have got three points here this season? Yeah, I mean, what I just said about Burnley pretty much applied to Brighton. Like if this if they can't beat Burnley at home, then who? Who are they targeting for their points? Um, and I think w- what's come out in the last week or so about um, Mopey having a bit of an attitude problem and whatever else has gone on, I think we're starting to see a few cracks shown at, um, at at Brighton. And I know they said they dealt with it, but it, it's, it's got to be lingering there somewhere, hasn't it? I don't imagine. So in Mopey, I think for most of us, I'll agree, he's probably their, their best player, if not you know, top three you know, performers, so it's it's always a concern. Simon, uh, what's your thoughts on this game and and as Dave mentioned, the, the cracks in the Brighton? Yeah, I um, kind of agree with what you said, that the bigger concern would kind of be from Brighton. I think, you know, I think we've all said on a number of times already this season that they play quite well, but they're not picking up points. I mean, you know, deep, was it West Brom the other week they didn't beat, and now Burnley. It's it's all right playing well and losing narrowly against someone like United, but if you're not picking up three points against the teams in and around, you know, the bottom, 
at, at some point that argument of they're playing well, the points will come starts to sound a bit hollow. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm sure Brighton would, would rather play shit and get three points than play well and come away with nothing at one point here or there. So it, I, I think, I do think they, they will, they'll probably stay up because they're, they're better than, than a, you know, at least three of those teams in that bottom area. But I, I would start to be getting slightly concerned that results aren't coming in now. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, like, bear in mind, this was a drab 0 no, no, not talking points. I assume this was the pay-per-view game. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Um, I think we'll leave that there. As I say, I, I, I don't see a way up for Burnley unless this takeover comes in right at the start of transfer window and they can invest heavily. Um, but again, I think you mentioned it last week, Dave. Who's picking Burnley? You know, when you're talking about players. I just think of, think of the premium shithouses they can buy, though, if they've got money in their back pocket. Like, <laughs> what, what, what a thing to aspire to. Yeah, yeah, I'll sell them Devakarigi. <laughs> he would not be welcome in So, No, definitely not. Not with that hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the Sky game for the Friday night, um, was High Flying Southampton, who went top of the league after this 2-0 win over, over your Newcastle United, Dave. Um, talk us through it. Well, I think everyone knew what to expect from Southampton except Steve Bruce because all they did, well, what they're, what they're very good at is pressing teams. And, you know, it was, it was, it was hard not to be impressed by what they, how they set up and how they played. But we just we played in their hands completely. Like, we... We we just let them press us, and obviously you saw the both goals came came from us trying to pass out from the back against the highest and aggre- most aggressive press in the league, pretty much. Um, and obviously it didn't work out for us, and we we created very little and deservedly got nothing. We were look we were lucky to get nil, and we were lucky they only got two, really. Yeah, I I, I mean I didn't see I only seen the highlights of the game, so I, I missed. But as you say, you, we know what Southampton are out, and and they're very impressive. Simon, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, I I thought it was odd that uh, Steve Bruce was trying to play out from the back. That 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 was something new. Um, yeah, the Newcastle were were really bad, and Southampton. So it's hard to say were Southampton great or were they just not playing. A particularly good team, but they, you know, without Danny Ings, they still looked, you know, quite threatening going forwards. Um, yeah, it's hard, hard not. I mean, I think I said last week that a number. I think as the season goes on, more and more neutrals will be quite fond of Southampton, and it's hard to to go against that. I think they they're looking really, really good. The the one thing I did want to pick out in this game was, did anyone else think that? That should definitely have been a penalty on Theo Walker. <laughs> I think I saw the obviously in real time. I said it was a great tackle. They showed the replay, and I was like, "Well, if he's got like he's got like a, a calf on the ball by mistake, and like gone right over the top of it." Um, That's, yeah, he's, but then, the, I think the com, the commentator on match of the day said something like, "Oh, yeah, he's he's clearly got the ball first. But I'm sure wasn't it? Um, I think the Palace game of the week. Milivojevic got sent off for the exact same challenge. He got a foot on the ball first, but then completely crashes into him with his thirds. And I was just, I was really surprised yeah, at that. I was amazed, but they showed it from another angle, um, possibly a match of the day, I can't remember. And I saw from a different angle again and thought, actually, from that angle, it looks a lot tidier, but 
Um, to me, yeah. the more I saw it, the more I see it, the more you analyse it, it looks like a red card. Or at least a penalty. I don't know if you give a red for that, I, lot, but probably would. Uh, but when, when you think of, you know, how how those decisions seem to have gone in every other game, it just seemed really odd that that was the one they were like, yeah, that, yeah. that's all right. And the dis- or maybe they just felt sorry for Newcastle. Well, maybe. I mean, they dismissed it very quickly. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. Alan Smith, who seemingly had money on Southampton on Friday night because he was delighted with, with everything they did um, he was very quick to call it a penalty and before he'd even finished complaining about it they moved on from the from the check so I don't know a very strange one yeah yeah but I mean I'm sure as we'll, we'll come on to that there's, there's been a number of strange calls this weekend yet again <laughs> yes <laughs> I, yeah um, I think the only thing I'll say about that one the biggest like I, I wouldn't have been alright it's, it's a penalty all day I, Again, I think it'll be the common occurrence of this podcast today is, is what are they actually looking at VAR for? I've no idea anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of just, I'm almost at the stage where just let it go back to human error now. I, I just, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's it. we're no better off, are we? I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to this more as we go further on, but it's not like we're talking about decisions any less than we were before. Exactly. I, I, I'm talking about them more because um, before you could justify a mistake... But with technology, yeah. you can't justify any mistakes. Yeah, well, yeah, because obviously beforehand you'd say, well, he only sees it once in real time. He hasn't got the benefit of replays. And now they now they do. <laughs> They're still fucking up. Uh, yeah. That's it. And they've, they've changed the law and they've mangled the law so much to be looked at by, by VAR. It's, it's just a, it's a mess on top of a mess, isn't it? Like it's, it, it just needs ripping up and starting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's spot on, Dave. Yeah, that's almost what it needs now. It's and I feel it's making official worse because mm-hmm. I feel they're getting out making decisions now because they know VAR will get involved anyway. Well, that's it. Part of it's down to the laws that they haven't to enforce. And I think I think it was Gary Neville or Carragher made the point that like the refs looking at that saying, "I don't want to give this penalty, but the laws of the game so I have to." And that's the yeah. problem now. It, it's before it was governed by. Is that a penalty? Well, I don't think it is, so it isn't. Whereas now it's, well, this this guy wrote this rule, whoever he is, and has decided that that is a penalty. And it's like, the it's barely even a misdemeanour, and it's a penalty, and it's, you know, often game-changing. Uh, yeah. That can't be right. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's taking all the fun out of football. Mm. Um, I get there's a lot of money and a lot of business. And it's okay seeing there's a lot of money involved in football, but the decisions aren't even making financial sense for clubs now either like really it's actually hampering clubs and um but like we'll we'll leave VAR for this game because as we say there's i'm sure there was many more talking points um southampton did go top here as i mentioned they uh, finished the weekend in in fourth place still so southampton have got a lot to be happy about where do we think southampton can finish i mean God only knows at the minute. I mean, you could literally take the top maybe eight at the moment and just throw it up in the air and see where they land. And that you might have as good a chance as predicting how it's going to go because it's uh, it's it's, yeah. it's absolutely wild. Like we'll come on to Villa beating Arsenal three 0 I'm sure towards the end side, but um, that's the type of result we're dealing with here. Like for with all due respect, it's not a common result. I don't think many people would have yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah, would have predicted that. And it's not the only one of um, you know the season. So. Um, yeah. Right now, Southampton look like a top six team, um, but as you said, they've, they've beaten us. Um, it's nothing to really be that proud of. 
but I would like to see them <laughs> go up against some of the some of the better sides. Yeah, well, that was my next point as well. Like, who who of Southampton actually played this season? Because um, they got hammered from Spurs, obviously. Well, they got a, um, they got a point at Chelsea um, from, yeah, from and Everton. Yeah, they beat Everton. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Same, they were handy side. Beat us last week. Yeah, well, yeah. saying like Villa aren't to be taken lightly this year. I mean, it, they've got a lot going for them, um, and they've got a, a manager who's got them playing a system which is it's modern. People can appreciate what he's trying to do. They can run for days. Like it's, I was expecting them to get tired against us, and they, they just didn't. Like it was very much, you know. Homer against Dredrick Tatum, waiting for him to get tired, and he just, he just, <laughs> he just didn't get tired. Um, and as you say, Ings was out injured, and it, it didn't affect them. They, they just, no. I, I think they're missing the left back as well, and they just played Jack Stevens there, and that was fine. It, it's. I, I think in, in terms of where where they can end up finishing, I, I think it's it will be the same with most of probably the teams in the league outside, maybe the top five or six. It all depends on on how um, fit they can keep their key players because, you know, there's a number of teams that have got very good starting 11s and can co- primarily cope with one player being injured for a couple of games. If, say, they lost things for, you know, a long period of time and, um, you know, some of the other sort of key players are that Armstrong, you know, if, if he was missing for a bit, then that that's where it can maybe catch up on you. But if they can keep everyone fully fit, there's no reason that they can't, I don't know, push for top eight. Yeah, I think that's the struggle this season of all seasons. That's going to be a struggle for anybody keeping keeping players fit. Yeah. I mean, but then do, do you start to think that you know maybe the sides who aren't in Europe might might benefit from it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The key time in the league for all teams, I believe, is after this international break. Yeah. To, through to January. This period um, is just going to kind of blow up on. Because um, the League Cup, I assume, starts after an international break. The next round is not till December the twenty second. Oh, no. right. Yeah, okay. that that's only the quarterfinal, and then it's the one-legged semi-final would then be in January. So it, yeah. you know, it's not like even that's going to cause a yeah. huge problem. Yeah. In the I'll be I, I'm a fan of Southampton. I, I genuinely hope they do well. I quite enjoy watching them play. Yeah, I think they've, me too. They've bought into Hassel, and as you said, they've they bought into the style. They'll run for days. Um, they've got they've got talent in there, but they've just got a lot of hard working, like just honest players, which makes a difference in that. I think, in that level, I think it was Alex Stewart, who's obviously a friend of this pod, has said on his Twitter on Friday, it's like the team's got the perfect blend of like finishers and nasty bastards yes. and cultured players. Like it's just got a lovely blend of of, what, of of different types of player. Yeah, no, and and they've found a place for Ward Prowse, who it's so important to them. Because um, I've always said he's, he's a great player, but he just doesn't seem to have a, a position. It's like he's playing in the wrong era. Um, mm. But he's now settled in for them, and he, you know he chips away at goals, assists, and his overall play is just so tidy. So we move on to Saturday, and um, the best team in the land um, <laughs> weeks ago, lost again to the mighty Manchester United. Um, <laughs> That's a slightly embarrassing result these days. Um, so Everton won Manchester United three. Uh, I watched this and, and wasn't impressed with the standard on display. Did any of you guys see it? Yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah, I think Man United away from home it suits them. 
considerably more than playing at home. Um, rightly or wrongly, it's just just how they how they set up. It's more akin to playing away from home. Um, I thought Fernandez was was brilliant for his, for, his, for his two goals, but I don't know how he finished the game. I don't know how he didn't get that second yellow card. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, had, he had enough goals. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the defending for the first two goals from both teams um, was abysmal. Um, Simon, did you see this game? I did, yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, that first, uh, Everton's first goal, just a big lump up the pitch and a flick. It was a proper old school goal, that, wasn't it? You know, it's like Everton back in the 90s, launch it to Big Duncombe to flick it on for someone. Except for this one, it's Big Dominic. Um <laughs> But to be fair to United, you know, we've obviously been quite critical of them on this podcast and, and it is great fun to be critical of them as well because no one likes United. But I did think once they got back into the game, I've got to say, I was reasonably impressed with them. I, I thought they they controlled the game quite well. But it, it kind of it means nothing in a way because, you know, I think I said the other week, they'd have two or three shit games but then they go and beat PSG away. And to me, this, you know, this could just well be another typical Oli Cholshaw somehow pulls the performance out of his arse from his team when he desperately needs it. But it wouldn't surprise me if they go and lose the next couple now. So credit them. I thought they played very well in the second half. You know, I thought they really controlled it. But, you know, it's, it's a long way to go and there's still plenty of problems in that team. But I'll be more concerned from Everton, you know, the wheels. And very good start to the season, but it's um that's three defeats in a row now and yeah, starting to start not starting to look as good as they were at the start of the season. Yeah, I think it's more normality has resumed um, <laughs> in the blue side uh, blue side and Merseyside. Um I think Ancelotti's got a lot to be concerned defensively. I think oh, they're still okay going forward. Um I think teams, I think somebody put it on our WhatsApp group, um, teams have just figured out the key players to keep quiet in the Everton team. You know, if you can keep Hamez quiet on the ball, keep Allen quiet, the rest, you know, there's not much creativity. Like, they're still relying on Seamus Coleman. Um, Calvert-Lewin, you know, if he's isolated, he's not a player who makes a lot of nothing. Um, and I think Man United did that. I thought I was very impressed by Fred. In this game, yeah, I thought he did. Well, I, th- uh, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I thought he was actually man of the match from what you know from from the game that I, I from my point of view. Uh, I think you're right. The, the creativeness of Fernandez for the first half, especially, I thought was was excellent. Took his goal well, although shocking defending, letting Bernard Fernandez for head on. But even just the the control and the vision for his second goal, although it was a cross, um, was just. Just the placement of the cross was just, you know, it was inch perfect. Um, and then Cavani obviously getting his goal later on, uh, which can only do him a world of good, especially when he's not getting many starts. So we can start getting goals. You know, you might see more of them. Because um, I thought Martial looks quite... Martial started this game, didn't he? Yeah, well, you wouldn't yeah. think so. But... Yeah, he was quite quiet, wasn't he? It doesn't, well, I've said before, I don't rate him as a centre-forward. I think he's... Um... He needs to play off from a, from a, from a wide position, um, but obviously Rashford him pretty much play the same position. Um, 
it's it's a difficult one to figure out. He, he looks shit hot in Europe, um, playing as a centre forward. So I don't know, I don't know why it's different, but um, I guess there's a lot more physical defenders in the Premier League, maybe. But it's um, it's a difficult one for him to to figure out his, his best team and formation because he's he's changed it that many times over the last few weeks. Yeah. I I just put money on Manchester United to win the Champions League just before the um, before the high midweek last. Week. That fairly bit me up the bum there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good win for Man United, as you say, Dave. Away from home, I think is that nine away from home in a in a row, their first time in about eight years or so. Yeah, I think that, they've done that loss in Turkey on Wednesday was something like their first loss in twelve away games, was it? It was someone who yeah. like that. It was it was a, a hell of a run, but it definitely suits them play on the on the counter. But it's just not the way. Man United will expect to play. My, my Liverpool bias is grateful that he just keeps picking up these good wins at the time <laughs> when like, people start to talk about is he the right man and he pulls one out of the bag for us. Um, <laughs> long, long may, may rain continue. Um, we'll move on. Um, no more berating Everton and Man United. Uh, Crystal Palace 4. Uh, the boss man's team, Leeds United 1. Um Right, shall we just go straight on to the the, the big talking point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Simon, what's on this goal? Or non-goal? Uh, well, I mean, it's no secret that I'm no fan of Patrick Bamford. Uh, so if it had been anyone else, I, I'd have felt sorry for him. But because he's a grade-A bellend, he deserves everything bad that <laughs> happens to him. But putting my bias aside... I, I literally kind of I, I'm at a loss for words to try and explain what the thinking to disallowing that goal was. I mean, it, it's just fucking ludicrous. I, I, I don't. Uh, no one can ever ever convince me that that there's any reason for disallowing it. It's just it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I, I will start by saying rules are rules. But... <laughs> yeah. Steve. What was your thoughts when you seen this? <laughs> well, you look at it and you think, well, hang on a minute, one of them is in the box and the one and the other one isn't, so how can it be offside? <laughs> <laughs> and as you say, rules are rules, but this is what I was talking about before, where the, the rules have been manipulated so much that, that this is this should never, ever be offside in, in, a, in a proper world where football isn't run by morons. Like, how is he getting an advantage by, by pointing? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just absolutely I, I ludicrous. I've seen a tweet on this. Uh, I can't remember if it was the, the Saturday or maybe the Sunday. But it's can you imagine being an under 12s, 13s, 14s coach? You know, and you're t- teaching kids, you know, point to where you want the ball, you know, it's all about. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you get given. Can you imagine this happens in a cup final? To an under, you know, a 14 year old boy who's been told all his life. Just point to where you want the ball and shout, and you get allowed for for such. Look, as as a referee, as a, I, I do obviously try to defend officials, and I, I do like VAR, the concept of VAR. I don't like the way it's been implemented and the mess. I do like. I think any job we do, I've said it all along. If we can get something that makes it better and makes it fairer and more accurate, I'm all for. But decisions like this. Whilst it's in the rules, it's just not football. It's just I've lost 
for me, mm. if you if you start if that if that's classed as offside officially, it's going to have to be go back to anywhere on your arm is handball, which means you can't score with it. So then that's not offside. And it would yeah. just make you have to go back to the ludicrous if the ball, even if it bounces off and hits your arm during the goal, you know, we disallow it. I can I can deal with that better than that offside decision. Well, I mean, but the thing with that one as well, the pictures that we all saw, where but the angle that the camera's at from where they're drawing the lines on, the, it's not in line with the players. So how can you 100% say that the line you're drawing is accurate. I, I don't understand. Well, this, I don't understand that. This is the frame rate thing, isn't it? Where like, yeah, they don't have a, yeah. an inaccurate enough frame to say this is exactly the point where the ball was released. But they can yes. they can stop the picture at the time the ball was released. So it, it's 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 mad. It's just a horrible world I, where you have to sit and watch this kind of nonsense. Like it's onside by every normal rule in the world. And, and I think if you, one, oh, no. I was just going to say that. If if you were going to do if you're going to use VR and be that forensic about it, then surely the offside rule needs to change so that if any part of you if any part of your body is level with the last man, then you're onside because that you can be more definitive about that rather than trying to pick a part on the body. Do you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. I'm just yeah. I could defend most things on bar, but this this might be the worst decision I have seen. Well, and, and and technically, look, technically we'll all agree it's it's in the laws of the game. It's thing, but if this yeah. is what it's down to, and this is what's going to decide because, like, to be fair to Leeds, I mean Leeds got hammered in this game and got completely outplayed, um, and like Hodgson got his tactics, but this was one nil at the time, and yeah. less five minutes later. After this decision, Crystal Palace got two 0 up, and basically, I know Leeds obviously scored after that, but that that must have just you know completely dejected Leeds. I think so. I think it for all the finished four one. I think it certainly changed the course of the game pretty uh, pretty dramatically. This results dropped Leeds down to fifteenth as well. What do we what, uh, what do we think of Leeds? I know obviously Ross is in here to defend his lads, but they've conceded eight goals in a week. Um, is the bull that doesn't surprise me? Because if you look at that defence, it's they still got a number of players that you know a year and a half ago were mid-table Championship players and. For all the good work that they do going forward, and when they when they get it right, they really get it right. But I I think they're going to have a real season like this where they'll they'll go and batter someone three 0 like they did to us. But I think they'll get plenty of tonkings like they did on the weekend and against Leicester. I, I, I think I think they'll stay up, but I don't think they're going to be as comfortable in the league as some of their fans online would would have had you believe a few weeks ago. I I think they'll be comfortable in the league to the point there's just far too many teams worse. Um, my concern isn't defensively, which sounds stupid because of how much they've conceded. I think their system is always going to... I think they could bring in Virgil van Dijk, Emmerich Laporte and you know, Thiago Silva say, as their back three. But I think just the system that they play allows them to be so stretched and open. Um mm. They're going 
or either has a 10 out of 10 or a 1 out of 10 um, performance. I find it is their goals. Like, they are, like, Patrick Bamford is their top goal scorer. And let's be honest, who's seen this coming? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, like, <laughs> not me. Well, definitely not you. You better hope it stops before I think it <laughs> But, like, I, I don't know if you can be relying on, like, we, we talk about Southampton relying on Danny Ings for goals. Yeah. But, Ings has proven to be able to do this. Even at Burnley, you know, before, he, he's always been quite a goal scorer. Um, and even for yourselves, Dave, Callum Wilson, he, he's shown it every season. Yeah. Bamford's never shown this in the Championship, has he? Not consistently. Leeds <laughs> fans no. don't want him most of the time. So, um, I, I'm i not concerned that they'll go down, Dave, but 14, 15, 13, 14, 15 might be the, the limit for them. What about yourself? I don't think they're any danger of going down. I think, as you say, they've got they've got too much about them to go down. But um, I, I I don't know. I think I expect them to be better than they are. And I think I've I think I don't know if I've just bought into the Bielsa hype too much or what. But I think as as I said, they'll probably have good days and bad days, and they'll just hope the good days outweigh the bad days. Yeah. Um. I mean, not what Ross, the boss man, wants to hear, but um, I think it's just going to be a It'll be a fun season for them, isn't it? They're just going to look at one of those, you yeah. know, okay, end to end, see who scores the most goals type thing. I mean, decisions like that at the weekend, I mean, we never know how that would have played out, but Crystal Palace, to be fair to them, did get their tactics spot on. I think yeah. start uh, easy, easy. Um I think starting him in a game like this was, was perfect. Um, but... Yeah, I, as you say, it's not it's not one to be concerned about. But I'm well, the thing, thing, <laughs> thing with Leeds as well is that they're they're newly promoted team. If they finish seventeenth, that's a successful season. Yeah, by the end of the day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, all they need to do is stay up, and then they and then and they build can build. Yeah, yeah, and ugh, they've they've came up probably in their best or worst season to do it in. It's probably the easiest season to stay up purely because how bad other teams are. But also, with the games coming in so quick, with there being no fans, would would 45,000 fans at Ellen Road make a difference? In... I think it would, yeah. I, I, I think they, they lose an advantage there. Yeah, they're one of the few teams, a bit like yourselves, Dave, as well, you know, the, the type of fans that certain clubs have and the size, it, it's got to hamper them to a degree. Like, Man City don't care. Like, Man City have got more people in the stadium now than they do <laughs> pre-lockdown. Um, but but teams, like, you look at Leeds and you, you look at even Villa, like yourselves, um, Simon, and, and Newcastle, and Everton, and Liverpool, and Crystal Palace as well. Actually, Crystal Palace fans are mental. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they've got such a... Such a loud crowd. Whether it even spurs them on, it's more the the concentration. Because if you make a mistake, you know you've got all those fans in your ear. Whereas just now they've got no no reason sort of thing. It's kind of just like, oh well, doesn't matter. Plod along. It's almost like a training match, and that's the biggest concern for me for teams like like Leeds um, first season, especially first season back in the Premier League. Um, I, fans. Would, would, 
wouldn't it be like I don't think they will go down, but you've got to admit it would be fucking hilarious if they after 16 years out of the league <laughs> they come up. Not a single fan can enter Enham Road to watch them in the Premier League and they go back down. That that would be funny. Just for a legal disclaimer, uh, Dave Black and Ali Thompson had nothing regarding that role. <laughs> um, and on that, before we get fired, um, <laughs> Sheffield United losing 4-1 to Chelsea in the next game. Um, <laughs> lovely goal from David Gumbel-Goldrick and uh, then just a routine win for Chelsea. Uh, I've just seen the highlights of the goals. Did any of you see any more than than that? I was in and out of this one, so I probably can't give a proper assessment. But um, Sheffield United is still, I, I, still I, I not good. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't Take yeah. it away. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, to be fair, the first sort of ten fifteen minutes, Sheffield United were well on top. I, I don't mean well on top of this game. Uh, took the lead, and I thought. Oh, the other did, you know, they're looking quite decent here, but then it just fell apart. And as you say, it's just a routine win for Chelsea. I mean, I think we've we've said it before: the firepower they've got is just going to blow teams away. You know, especially the weaker teams in the league. Um, they just you look at Sheffield United this year compared to how they were last year. I mean, they 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 look like two completely different teams. Um, I I really don't see how they're going to get out of this bottom. Uh, even at this early stage, I'd I'd be kind of willing to write them off already. To be honest, I'd, they didn't show anything. They looked so weak. Look, they were second to everything. Like normally, you know, last season they they, they had like a real fight and heart about them. They, they they just they look completely dejected and devoid of any ideas or fight at the moment. It's, yeah, not looking good for them. Yeah, um, they are 24 million signing in Ryan Brewster. Um, his stats aren't looking great in his, in his games so far. Um, Liverpool do a really good job at signing these. Um, well, he doesn't work hard enough for that system, does he? Like, they're two strikers well, typically have you know, run themselves into the ground um, and basically been providers more than goal scorers for the midfielders, but I just don't see him doing it. No, that, and it was, it was always my biggest fear. I mean, his finishing is excellent, but it's the work or the the positional sense for me that always worried me from him. Um, so I I think Liverpool have got a great deal out of that. Um, sorry, Sheffield United fans who probably aren't looking after Simon relegated you already. <laughs> Um, on Chelsea though, I thought Zayac and the, the highlights package I've seen looked looked top notch. Um, Werner another goal and Chilwell as well chipping mm-hmm. in again. Yeah, they're start, um, starting to tick a bit, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, obviously they conceded the, the goal from McGoldrick here, but um, Mendy and having a settled kind of back four now seems to. I wouldn't say they're going to be great defensively still, but. I think if they can keep it, you know, less than two or three, they've got a chance in every game because they're going to score goals. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much where they're at. Like, Mendy's, Mendy's decent, but I've, I've not looked at him and gone, God, he's made a huge difference. Like, he's he's a bit of a flapper and he likes to come up across and things and uh, not get anywhere near them, but uh, he's better than Kepa, isn't he? And that's basically all the requirement was. <laughs> 
I think it's more. I don't even know if he's much better as in ability-wise. It's more he's not Kepper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. He, he has actual hands and arms, which can only help. Uh, he isn't a descendant of a T-Rex, so I mean that's <laughs> it's going to be useful for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of it's him and I mean, Thiago Silva. All right, we laughed at him falling over against West Brom, but that wasn't a defensive error. That was a foot. Like you know, he slipped. Um, I think he, we will make a difference if we can keep him fit. I think I'll be massive to see again Chelsea put in a run again. Hopefully the 0-0 will be Man United, whether you say it's a big team. They drew with Southampton. Um, they lost to, lost to ourselves. Um, they've not really faced anybody they shouldn't have beaten so far. So I'd like to see them against you know more more attacking teams um, and see if they do. Because every time they face a team with attacking talent, they've shut up shop completely and not tried to attack just so they didn't concede. Um, so hopefully that... Well, ho- hopefully or not, hopefully I don't really care to be honest. That's where that would <laughs> just where he can depend. Still, well, they, they, they've some... got New- Newcastle next, haven't they? Uh, the half. Is that who they've got? Yep. Yeah, that's that's the next game. So hopefully, uh, hopefully all of Chelsea's players have to um, isolate from uh, <laughs> in, in international duty. I'm I'm with you. I, I'm a huge Newcastle fan for that game, Dave. <laughs> the last time I was a huge Newcastle fan, they beat City two one. If you remember right. Um, <laughs> but, but oh, that's a good result for Chelsea. Does it leave them in the top four? No, they're fifth so far. Um. 15 points from 8 games I think you've got to be happy as a Chelsea fan haven't you yeah it's a good return that I think for them it's just been in the pack at this stage and they absolutely are yeah one win away from top because um, we, we know I'm sure we all said this about 7-8 years ago as well but we know Leicester's not going to be there at the end of the season <laughs> um, and you could argue the same about Southampton you know they'll, they'll drop at some stage um, I think Chelsea are a shoe in for four, aren't they? Well, yeah, but and also as you say, being in the pack, if if they're you know in and around that top in January, they've got the financial muscle to go out and you know, I mean it's difficult to get top top quality players in in January, but they're a team that have got the spending power to do that. So um, I don't I mean I don't I don't think they will win the league this season, but I, I definitely expect them to, to be in the top four. I would say that they, they have more of a chance having seen them for this eight games than I thought they would have done. I thought they were going to be well, yeah. well adrift, but I, I don't think that the top level is as high as it was. Um, yeah. For various reasons, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but I don't think Liverpool or Man City are either of them as good as they were last season. No, 100, 100% agree. Um, I think Chelsea are in their show. Um, the team who I think will, not favourites, but we'll, we'll come on to on shortly, but we'll go to the last game on Saturday. Game West Ham won Fulham nil. Um, I haven't seen any of this, bar the um, the comicalness that <laughs> happened in the ninety-eight. Um, oh, did you see the game before we we talk about the the penalty? Uh, no, I've I've just seen highlights. I, I didn't I didn't put myself through this one. Right, so so, same here. Just just match of the day for me as well. Right. Let's just skip the highlights. Let's not bother. West Ham went 1-0 up through Thomas Suchek um, in the 90th minute. 
looks to seal the three points. And then the ninety fifth minute, I believe. Maybe <laughs> no Yeah, ninety fifth no ninety eighth minute after a far check. Yeah. Um up steps Adam Alukman to take a penalty, which would seal a point for Fulham. And um a little penenka right right into the goalkeeper's hand. Dear me. So, how do you feel if this was one of your strikers? I mean, you'd be annoyed any time, but when it's, when it's the 98th minute and you haven't won a game all season and you need every point you can get, just hit the tw- just hit the twat. Like, why are you, why are you trying to do this? Like, what's wrong with you? It... <laughs> I, I, if, if, if I was a Fulham player in that dressing room, I'd like to think that Parker would just give me a free pass to go and absolutely fucking leather him and say, what the hell do you think you were playing at? What an awful, awful penalty. I, I saw someone on Twitter say he must have triple captained Fabianski in his fantasy team or something. <laughs> because that was just fucking, that is one of the worst penalties I think I've ever seen. Of, of all the players who would have been fuming, how do we reckon Mitrovic feels once he's seen that and then walks into the changing room? Well, I imagine, I imagine, yeah. I imagine Mitro of all people took with good grace and quietly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're his teammate, you, you, as you oh. say, Simon, there's no way you're not punching him in the face as soon as you walk into that changing room. You can't it's... control That's one of them. You've got to leave him on his own and just... I'm not angry, yeah. I'm disappointed type talks. <laughs> I think it makes it ten, ten, ten times worse he's on loan as well. Like, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. That can't yeah. help. <laughs> I just... I, I bet he's so glad. Of all the players who who's glad there's no fans in the crowd this weekend, <laughs> he's, oh. um, he's never going to live that down, is he? That's, that's all he's going to... It doesn't matter if he single-handedly keeps them up this season... <laughs> that's what they're going to need to play still that one <laughs> he can score yes. 40 goals and the last game of the season they go down to a silly draw and they lose out by a point this mm. is what this is on his resume for the rest of his life Fulham are down mid table fair, fair statement yeah, probably. I mean, the, the worst thing is Luckman's been one of Fulham's brighter players this season, but he, as you say, he's, he's blown all that away with one stupid act. Um, I'll be surprised if they stay up. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I I think, just, I think the longer Parker stays there as well, the less chance they've got to stay up. I, I agree wholeheartedly. What I will say on Luckman, just to give him a bit of a break, if he does that and he comes in, he's getting praised constantly. It's not like a counter double for chipping it. Like, just put it in the goal. Like, what does it matter how you put it in? Like, give, give, you, give yourself as much chance as possible of putting it in. That's that's what my logic would be when taking a penalty. I, I think from probably from <laughs> I, I think from his point of view, is I mean, obviously he's he's completely fucked him up, but I I, I get. To an extent, I get why what he was thinking in that if you have a penalty that late in the game, you're probably better off putting it down the middle because it's going to take a very, very brave goalkeeper who's going to just stand still 
with a penalty that late that he's going to get your team a point. But he's just completely fucked up the execution of trying to stick it, dink it down the middle. I, would, so oh, I, I kind of just twat it, Julian. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. If that was me, I'm you know full on giving it a thunder bastard and, and just praying it goes on target and it goes in. You don't go doing that, but uh just poor lad. <laughs> what you said there, Simon, is spot on. Like, if it's late in the game and it's a pressure penalty. You, yeah. you you push it down the middle. If you chip, if you watch Salah's penalties, if we got a penalty late and the game's riding on it, he he smashes it down the middle. You know, slightly to your yeah. side, but it's just ha- as hard as ha- because ha- Harry Kane's exactly the same at Spurs yeah. as well. They don't do it during the game. If it's early on in the game, they'll put it to a corner, but yeah. they're not taking a risk late on the game. They're just hitting it as hard as they can. You know, because as you say, it'll take a brave keeper. But anyway, we'll we'll stop laughing at Lukeman. Um yeah. We will go to the early kickoff on Sunday, where Spurs, with a late Harry Kane winner, um, defeated West Brom one 0 um, I haven't seen any of this. Not even the goal. Um, this goes for a lot of Sunday games, so I will um, just keep passing on to you guys, uh, Dave. Spurs weren't great here. I mean, West Brom more than held their own for about maybe 70 minutes and then Spurs kind of got on top towards the end. But dare I say it, like, it's a sign of a good team, not playing particularly well and winning. Yes, Simon? Um, I'll be honest, I've, I've only seen about a minute's worth of highlights this game. I um, saw the goal. I, I saw the uh, but I saw the starting lineup and saw like, they've got Son, Kane and Bale up there. Considering how bad West Brom have been defensively, I was expecting, you know, a bit of a goal first, but um, I suppose West Brom, got to give them credit. I mean, I, I haven't really seen the game, so I don't know how how it played out, but to, for West Brom, you'd be... I mean, the goal itself, it, it's a goalkeeping error, really, isn't it? Johnson's come rushing out. If he stays on his line there, Kane's not scoring from that position with a header. So, he's... You'd feel, it's, they've really thrown a point away there, but then as you say, Dave, Tottenham. That's it's kind of. I, I wouldn't say oh, you know that, that that's a title-winning game, but you know you get those teams where they games that they don't look like they're going to get the three points from. They just somehow find a way to do it. It's it is a sign of a team that's that that, that can that can go and do things, isn't it? Yeah, I think. This Spurs team with the, that type of mentality and that Jose Mourinho, they, they can win the league this season. Um, I mean, we'll come on to the, the, the arguable two favourites um, shortly. But as you say, Dave, neither team look anywhere close to what they have been. Um, and that Spurs front three haven't quite clicked yet. Um, and if they do, I, I do fear for teams. Like right up and yeah. down, and I don't care who you are. Like that Spurs team, if both teams go at it, that Spurs team beat Chelsea comfortably purely because they've got better players in the middle of the park and in defence. Um, and it goes for the same for Man City and, and Liverpool as well for me. Um, as much as I don't want to admit that Harry Kane, this is the Harry Kane that, that everybody's described him as for the last five seasons. This Harry Kane is is world class. You know, this is the one who's who's great for the team. He's not just a goal scorer now. He's a great player. Um, I, I, as I say, I haven't seen any of this, but 
just to everybody who spoke about it and including I've seen the managers talking on Sky Sports News and both said, look, you know, we well, West Brom thought if they and they could play like that every week, you know, they pick up more points. And Spurs saying, you know, it, it was just about getting in and taking the chance when it came and, and they've done it. So um I'd be very excited and happy if I was a Tottenham Hotspur fan just now, put it that way. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited yeah. about. You saying that um, that you think this Tottenham team with Marina Zarka in the league, that as each game of the season goes on, I, I tend to agree more and more with that. I, I think they they could be real, real serious challenges this season. It's funny, isn't it? I was excited. Go on. I was it's funny because like, it's sort of the worst they play and win. You, sort of, you, you believe in them more, whereas if they were <laughs> yeah. if they were beaten teams, comfortably you'd say, "Wow, well, this won't last forever." But when the win, yeah, when, oh, yeah. when they grind out these wins, you start to think, "Christ, this could happen." Yeah, especially Spurs, because Spurs can you know blow teams away, and it is the gritty results that they drop points in and they start choking. Exactly. I said it when that documentary came out on Amazon that this is a different Jose Mourinho. This is. This is one we've not seen in years. You know, he looks relaxed, he looks happy. He, and I just felt if we could have got the the portal slash Inter Milan type Mourinho's, mm. I think we're on a special, special team. Oh, it, it's, he, his first period at Chelsea. Yeah, right at the start, you know, he, he was relaxed and he, he just, this is a manager who just doesn't not win things. Um, yeah. So whether he doesn't win the league this season, I think he'll win something. I, I there's just no way he finishes his career at a club. Because um, what is this his second season? At Spurs. Well, it's like he joined halfway through last season. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. he's feels like forever. He blows up and <laughs> um, yeah. Loses. Okay, but you know, he just do you not feel he just looks so happy? Like a lot of people went into that documentary thinking, oh, they were going to hate Josie, but. It turns out he's actually quite a, you know, light-hearted and funny guy. And I don't know if you listened to the Thursday podcast we had him in that. And uh, I've seen Josie Mourinho's Instagram since. Yes, uh, it's just magical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he seems. Um, I mean, I, I feel I've, I've always, always been a, a big fan of his and quite liked him. But he, I definitely, he, he does. You know, his second spell at Chelsea and towards the end of United, he. You could see that he just he wasn't happy. Things weren't right. But yeah, did this Joe say the sort of relaxed? Um, you know, he's, he's got a bit of charm about him. He's you know quite funny. Uh, he's in a good place, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see him winning something with Spurs this season. What that will be, I don't know, but I can see him winning something. He's had a bit of a face turn, to use a, a wrestling term. He's uh, he's almost <laughs> he's almost a fan favourite out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing what happens when you don't ma- uh, manage Chelsea and Man United anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if only they were the two most hated clubs in England. Um, but speaking of hated people in England, um, my my least favourite person, Brendan Rodgers with Leicester City, wins 1-0 at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, for me, apart from um, another strange far decision, um, my biggest concern in this game is Wolves' lack of ambition at doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, can I, dare I say, pathetic. Um, I'd be worried. I mean, did you see the game, Dave? And 
Do you agree that Wolves just look so lacklustre and lost? Yeah, and... well, I made this point after the Pledos where they're just, I, I don't worry playing Wolves because they, they're just like, they're very laboured. They're quite like, well, we'll just pass the ball about and we'll have a shot from 30 yards. And if it goes in, then great. And if it doesn't, then we'll try again in 10 minutes' time. And that's kind of how you feel against playing them. Like, if you keep him and his quiet, they've, they've not got an awful lot of goals in that team. Um, and they've tried to change themselves from being this counter-attacking team to this possession-based team. And now they're not particularly good at either. Um, and we've said before, like we've essentially now got Traore is seen as being like their biggest threat. But he doesn't have a position and he plays 20 minutes. And surely that can't be right. Surely you've got to find a way to get a Spanish international into your first team. Yeah, I I don't know where he plays, but he's one of those you kind of just have to fit him in because he's their only attacking threat. Even if it's not very good, at least he's trying, which is more than we can say about... You know, he, he's just dangerous to others. Um, I mean, Simon, you were with me on the Leicester you know, bandwagon at the end of last season, but... Surely you're concerned now. Um, yeah, well, see, the weird thing is, kind of, I am, I am like sort of looking at Wolves and thinking, oh, it's not great. But I was watching the game yesterday, and the commentator was saying that in uh, this is before yesterday, it was Wolves' best ever start to a Premier League season in terms of points, mm-hmm. which I found yeah. re- that that kind of shocked me a bit. Um, yeah, they, I, I mean, we, I think I've, I don't know how many times I've said it now already this season, but it just looks like, it's, I don't know, something's just not, something's just missing there. And I, I, I can't quite put my finger on what seems to have gone wrong. I mean, they've, they've just very quietly sort of nudged past a few teams, haven't they? I mean, they've beaten like, off the top of yeah. Palace at home. They won against Leeds, was that at home or away? I can't remember, but they won either. Uh, away, yeah. Yeah. Um, have they played anyone of note yet, Wolves? They lost to Man City. Well. And I can't remember. Do you know, did, did, uh, they beat um, and they beat Sheffield United. I'm, I'm so... They, they've done so... They, they beat Sheffield United, nothing. I remember they're that. A, they're, they're kind of such a sort of boring nothing team that I can't even really remember what they've... This is what I mean. I was really surprised to find out it was their best ever start to the Premier League season, but it doesn't seem like they have done that well. It's really odd. It is odd. It's hard. I agree with you. Like They're obviously missing something, um, but I don't know what it is. Um, you, you look at this, their starting team, and they're all good players, um, but they're just not... You know, they, they, you don't fear them. I mean, they're all mm. very... Like, certainly... Pedence and Neto, very hot and cold. Um, yeah. I mean, neither of them are anywhere near as good as Jota, who obviously they've sold and we're seeing his real quality over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think Traore, um, I think last the start of last season, uh, going into just before the lockdown, he was really, really good. He looked like he'd he'd sort of uh, sorted out the lack of end products. You know, they're actually getting things from you, getting goals and assists. But I think since they've restarted and certainly the start of this season, I can... Part of me gets your point of you've got to try and get him in the team because just because of how quick he is and the trickery. 
But there's just there's no end product from him at the moment. So you can understand why he's not playing because it's all well and good doing a fullback time and time again. But if, if you're just hitting the first man with every cross that goes in or whacking it out of play, I don't know. It's something I, I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a concern for Wolves. Um, Leicester, on the other hand, flying high. Um, what did we make of the, the two penalties? The, the handball one, first of all, dude. I mean, it's garbage again. Like it's again, it's the type of penalty we're seeing now. Um, but uh, I don't agree with it. But it, it is what it is. Um, the second one was a stick-on penalty, but the um, yeah, yeah, the first one wasn't uh, wasn't a penalty for me. It just the handball one seems to be the most, you know, argumentative point when it comes to the penalties and that, doesn't it? Because I mean, we obviously they changed the rule to the the natural body, but surely that that run as a defender that's natural, you know. I think we'll come on to it in the Liverpool game as well. Um, there is nothing a defender can do there when they're running sideways like that. Um, I mean, I don't know about. You. Guys, we've always had defenders who um, throw their hand, you know, behind their back. The minute they get near the box, to make their body smaller, um, mm. which then obviously hampers movement and hampers everything else. And we we really don't want to see that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what the answer no. to it is, but for me, in the laws of the game, obviously that is a penalty. But if that's what it's coming to again, you know, we need to change the law, not the uh, you know, not what's getting applied. Uh, Yeah, I think with with, with that one as well, um, the referee, when he's gone and looked at it, all he's looked at is in slow motion. You've you've got to look at that in real time. I think if he looks at that and he's given a real-time view of that, I don't think he'd have given a penalty. But I think when you look at it in slow motion, it does look like they've deliberately put their hand up. Just fucking stupid. (laughs) See, this... this, This irritates me as well, the, the slowing down. The whole point in VAR is meant to be a clear and obvious error. Um, yeah. If you're having to slow it down to that point, surely that's yeah. not a clear and obvious error. This, this is my my interpretation where it, where it really starts to bug me. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll just we'll move on from it. I think, I think we're all in agreement of it. We're all in agreement. The second one, clear penalty, just stupidity yeah. from the defender. Yeah. Um, pure penalty from Vardy uh, or good save in the second one. I, th- I think the way uh, Vardy, Vardy takes a pen is he just he's one of these who just smashes it. It never really goes in the corner. And uh, I think when you've already taken one, I didn't fancy him to score a second. Quite soon yeah. as well, wasn't it? It was only about ten minutes. Yeah, a different. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what what's our thoughts on Vardy uh, this season? Yeah, he's, he's been incredible away from home. Um, I think this was his first goal at home. Um, but he's just a pest, isn't he? Like, I would love to... Anyone that's <laughs> ever done a start of least touches of the ball, but most goals, he must be up there. Cause he, he's just not involved in the play for 85 yeah. minutes of the match. I, like, it's, it's bizarre. I feel all he's done is score penalties. <laughs> so. I just feel like that, uh, that, that's Leicester's eighth penalty of the season. Um, we're only eight games in. Um, three, three of them did come in that one game at Man City, though. 
Yeah, three and then two in this game. Um, yeah. It's, it's still a mad start overall. Oh, um, gotcha, there's a, yeah. There's a thing that came out today, yesterday, sorry, like the VAR overturns and Leicester are one of the highest. and um, They've got a lot. I mean, I'm not fearful of them even being close to top four just due to who their manager is. Um, <laughs> but they're an exciting team to watch when they're playing football. They've got, they've got a lot of exciting players. My biggest concern is their lack of looking to replace Vardy or having a plan because they are still so reliant on him. But uh, that's about the only criticism that and their manager. Um, <laughs> also, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that Leicester, actually, an English club who are smashing the Europa League and doing well in the league because for too long now it's been an excuse that you can't play Thursdays and Sundays and be a success. Yeah. I know you don't like Rodgers yeah. but I, I think it's nice to see a club, and not even one of the bigger clubs either, doing it and doing it so well. Yeah, no, no I, I like Leicester, it's just, it's just the manager. <laughs> well, they can't have them. As long as they're both success, ultimately for, for him at the end, um, just because he's an arrogant prick and he'll only get worse. <laughs> So we're on that then, note, Dave. We're, we're, what's, what should Leicester's ambitions be um, come the end of the season then? How far in the Europa and uh, where are we talking finishing-wise? Champions League or Europa place or lower? I think for them, they finished, was it fifth last season? You've got to at least aim, yes. aim to try and equal that, um, which is going to be hard to do, but... There's no reason why they can't. It's not like they've spent nothing either. Like Castagna, Fafana, who looks very good, by the way, in, in, in defence. I think he's a good pick-up. Um, there's no reason why they, they can't um, stay around that kind of area. Um, I think the Europa League, you get in the knockout stages and you just see how the draw goes. For them, it's a free hit. It's a total free hit. Like They won't go in with expecting to win it. Um, but, you know, you could go fairly far on that without having to do a great deal. Because um, you you get some decent draws in the Europa League, not always, but you can, you can get a, a decent run. <laughs> yeah, Simon, are you in kind of the same boat as me and Dave? Yeah, I think they've yeah they've got some very good players there, and yeah they they're quite very close to top four last season. So I think that they they should be looking to yeah try and get that sort of fourth fifth spot I, I think that's probably the limits of of what they could achieve but it, yeah but as you say it depends the Europa League the further they get into it it's, and depending on where the league position is I'm just, later on in the season they might might have to prioritise one or the other that's it I mean we've had this chat before like, is it easier to win the Europa League than get in the top four mm. To be honest, as you say, the, the, yeah. the draw, you, you can get a great draw or, you know, you could get unlucky and get a really good I team mean, that's finished third in the Champions that's League. It. It's always a kick in the tits, isn't it, when you've gone through your group and you all of a sudden you get dropped in there with, you know, like an Inter Milan or someone who's who's uh, yeah. who's dropped down from the Champions League. It's, uh, it's a tough one. I mean, should should a, a Leicester's best 11 be, be fearful of any team in the Europa League, even if they're dropping at the Champions League? I can tell you now, I think any Serie A defender will not want to play against Jamie Vardy. Absolutely yeah. not. And, and <laughs> yeah. Leicester aren't mugs in midfield either. They've got creativity. They're hardworking. Um, I, I'm not praising them too much. I can't because of the manager. Um, <laughs> but 
I, I just don't see in the Europa League. Obviously, when you get to the elite at the Champions League level, it is elite teams you're playing against. But ninety-five um, percent of teams, I think, Leicester are better than in that Europa League. Um, if we're talking best eleven, be best eleven. Um, I mean, that's obviously big ifs. Yeah. you say, but I don't think Leicester should be fearful of any team they come up against. Um, the biggest concern, obviously, is any of the like the Madrid, Real Madrids. You know, they're obviously struggling in the in the group stages to this point. So, if one of them go down, but then how serious do they take it, really? Um, when they go into that that side of the Europe. Yeah, you, you just don't want to get Sevilla, do you? Because they just win that tournament every year. <laughs> Um, but I think I think we'll move on from there. Not that I want to. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just going to rescue my son, who's managed to stand up in his cot. But just carry on without us. I'll be back. <laughs> no problem. Uh, right, Simon. So we'll move on to the the showcase fixture of the afternoon, um, yep. which had an excellent 45, and then two teams kind of quite happy to take the point. I feel um, in the second half, uh, Man City won, Liverpool won. Uh, Liverpool took the lead um, through a Mo Salah penalty after I think it was Manny was fouled by Kyle Walker a blatant penalty Mo Salah smashed it in uh, fair pull um, then a Gabriel Jesus goal um, I'm not quite sure if this is skill luck <laughs> but any whatever happened great turn past the defender and pokes it in the corner and then Speaking of handball penalties from crosses out wide, um, Man City got a penalty, which, I mean, I'm biased possibly, but I just don't see how it should be given as a penalty, especially when we don't get the one on Cancelo, is it? Is that the left back at City? Um, yeah. Team for almost identical, um, but De Bruyne puts it wide. Uh, Liverpool lose Trent Alexander-Arnold to injury in the 60th minute. And after that, Liverpool kind of, we'd made our subs to really settle for a draw feel. Um, if we got a counter-attack, great, we'd take it. But, you know, it was just a more a case of, you know, one all change of system, change of formation. I was quite pleased with Klopp, the way we started. Um, mm. The different the different setup, we kind of went at them. Like, for the first half an hour, could have been maybe three goals up. You know, we battered them, like, yeah, it looked like last season. Um, I mean, what was your thoughts on it as a neutral? Uh, yeah, kind of like you said, the, the first half was absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, I, I was, I was a little surprised that Klopp changed the system in a game like that. You, you know, I just thought you'd, you'd maybe trial that <laughs> system out. Uh, you know, maybe the week before against Sheffield United or something. Um, you'd think you'd think that would make sense, but I think it's. Uh, Pep, Pep against Liverpool does some stupid things. He, yeah, he, it's like he crumbles under Klopp when he's at Liverpool, um, and I think that's the only reason he's done it. You know, just to do something different to try and mix it up. Yeah, um, the so the Liverpool penalty. Do you not think that uh, the in earlier on, you know, the, there's a whole thing about uh, the possible foul on Sterling. Do you not think there was more contact in that one than there was from Carl Walker on Sadio Mane? I would love to see. I remember the... And this is not my biasness here. 
I promise you. Yeah, they, 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 they were kind of um, talking about it. They, 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 I think they did mention it at half-time and just afterwards. Man City were annoyed. They thought Sterling should have had a penalty and then it, it was played on. You went up the other end and you got your penalty. And I, I did think that it, that, that that was more of a penalty than than the one on Mane. I thought the one on Mane was it it was a, probably just a penalty and it was clumsy. But I thought it, it, it didn't half go down easily. But you know if, if Walker's going to you know make it easy for him to go down, you're going to, aren't you? Um, yeah. I, I just being, like put a highlight of that Sterling, but it's not in the highlights. So uh, I, I will keep your one for it was, it was, you know, I don't think it really would have made too much difference. But, um, the, the, yeah, G, uh, goal, whether he meant that touch exactly or not, the reaction to it was, you know, pretty, pretty damn good, to be fair, and yeah. quick thinking. Um, but then, you know, I think we've said before, Trent isn't necessarily the best defensively. So, yeah, I, you know, he's kind of maybe he was turning. He got a bit too tight to him. The second penalty is one that if it was given against me or against my team, I'd be really pissed off. The only thing I could think to possibly justify it was: could you make an argument that there was it? The ball had travelled far enough for him to have got his arm out the way. And I'm not saying that he definitely did. But is that is that is there an argument that you could make for that, and that's why that penalty was given? Well, my my, my biggest concern of the whole decision isn't so much the that is given. I can understand that it's given for that reason, but more again, it comes down to the consistency in the game because it was identical to the conservative one. Um, mm. I, I, again, yeah. For me, for to get penalty for something like that, and it goes for any team. I think it has to be an actual deliberate action. You know, yeah. He's not going to make his body bigger. You know, his hands are in by his side as best as they can without coming into his body. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, it turns out to be irrelevant. Um, well, exactly. Yeah. But I just think. Like I'm watching the, the the bit here now, but he's he's actually as the ball's coming towards him, he's pulling his arm into his body as well because yeah. he sees going. Um, but anyway, that's done and dusted. Uh, by the by, but um, I, I mean, do you agree? Second half, just kind of non-eventer. Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing actually because the first half had been so good and like that had you know pretty much everything. I'd, I was really looking forward to the second half, and then it just fizzled out, really. Did I, I was, I don't know, maybe it's because it's quite early in the season. Whether it just sort of once you got to seventy, seventy-five minutes, both teams probably thought, you know what, let's let's just take a draw. Let, let's not lose an early game to a title rival. Let you know, we'll just take a draw, and we'll, we'll go from here because there's still so much in the season to go. I do think it's a bigger concern for City than Liverpool. Um, I'd have liked to have yeah. seen City a bit more because they're behind us in the league. I think it's five points. Um, I mean, I know there's, they've got a game in hand as well, but can you imagine if they if they pushed for it, got that win, 
then it's down to what's that? Two two points, three points. Sorry, um, and still the game in hand. So then they're level on points. Um, but again, I suppose they just didn't want to lose and be eight points. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't think there's much more to add on that. Um, we'll 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 move on to the last game, Dave. Uh, Dave Simon. Um, Dave Oh, you're still you're back. I'm back. Any, any add on the, the City Liverpool game then, Dave? Before we move on. Uh, no, I mean you um, you've covered it off perfectly there. Really, the second half was just a non-event. Um, it's uh, funny how we're not really talking about De Bruyne's penalty miss because he took it properly. <laughs> if he chipped it, <laughs> if he chipped it like like, like, like Lookman, we could have twenty minutes on us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a fair point. Right then, Simon. Uh, last game of the weekend. Let's just talk about how bad Arsenal were. Um, <laughs> what to talk about here? Um, what Arsenal will have been? I didn't watch any of this game. Not going to lie. Um, not shocked at the result whatsoever. I do believe Arsenal have been they've been much better defensively, but only because they sit ten men behind the ball. I I can only imagine this was a game they thought that they could beat Villa, so they were probably a little bit more open and try to attack because they thought. Well, they're better than Villa, so they should beat them. And Aston Villa are actually going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams, especially the, the duo uh, Grealish and Barkley. I think the link-up play's been remarkable when I've seen them. But, Simon, I've not seen it, so you just um, whoosh yourself away. Well, you'd have thought that Arsenal would have been more open and attacking, but they weren't. We pretty much dominated from start to finish. Um, we scored, well, thought we'd scored after 45 seconds. Uh, can I, have, have you seen the goals from this game at all? I have, yeah. Well, uh, uh, okay, so that McGinn goal, Dave, should that be disallowed? Because I'm still of the opinion that you could have had three keepers in that oh, nest yeah. and, and think, it's not been stopped. I think we've said this a lot, but like common sense has got to be applied there where I don't care if Barkley is covering one of Leno's eyes, he could have been yeah. lying down on top of him. Like it wouldn't have made a pick of difference. Like he actually could have got on Leno's shoulders and not saved it. Like it, that's yeah. It, um, it, it. He's not like got superhuman reaction, so there's no way he's saving that. <laughs> yeah. So no, forty-five seconds in, I'm thinking happy that you know what what an amazing start. Goal after it took them five minutes to um, to find a reason to disallow the goal. And eventually they came up with one. And I think, you know, you, you're talking clear and obvious. If it's taking five minutes to come to a conclusion, I'd say that's not a clear and obvious error. But anyway, um, so, you know, after that early disappointment, you could be forgiven for thinking, oh, OK, it hasn't quite gone away. Let's sort of uh, you know, calm down a bit now. But, but we did and we just, Arsenal created pretty much nothing. And I think it, it, it set the game settled for sort of 15, 20 minutes. After about 20 minutes, I think Villa thought they're, they're offering nothing. They're here for the taking. Um, the first goal, from, from our point of view, the, the uh, link-up play between Grealish and Barkley was absolutely brilliant. From a defensive point of view, I mean, there's, there was one stage where Barkley, he stood on the ball and he doesn't move for about 10 seconds. And Rob Holding, who is two yards away from him, doesn't move for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and Tar- 
target is not in the screen. You see him coming from the right of the screen, sprint into the box, and the ball slipped through. And we get the goal from it. It was horrific defending. Um, Lacazette missed an absolute sitter uh, just before half-time. Um, but the brilliant ball in from Tierney, right on you know, six-yard line, right on his head, dead centre, headed it over. So at half-time, I'm thinking, okay, you know, that's a pretty decent half. But they, you thought, surely Arsenal can't be as bad in the second half. They got worse and we got better. And the, the second half, Jack Grealish absolutely destroyed them. It, for me, he should be one of the... And people are going to say, oh, you've you been a fancy of bias. He should be one of the first names on England's team sheet because he is one of the best players in that league. There's no two ways about it. He could, he would improve and get into, I think, any team in that league. I think he's that good a player. And he absolutely destroyed the third goal, the run he makes, and the weight of passing to Watkins. Beautiful finish as well. He, he bullied them all nice up front again. Um. Really, really impressive. I was watching. I saw a little clip from Arsenal fan TV, which is always great fun to watch after an Arsenal defeat. And uh, one of their fans, in, in a rare moment of clarity, he said, "You looked at." He said, "You look at Villa's midfield and look at ours." And I, I kind of thought about it, and I thought he's right. There's not a single Arsenal midfielder who who I would put in ahead of Louise McGinn, Barkley, or Grealish in our midfield. There just isn't. I, yeah, we were excellent, and Arsenal were terrible, absolutely terrible in that second half. Steve, any more to add to, to Simon's rundown? Uh, no, I mean, as you say, Villa have got very exciting players, and I think Grealish, as you say, he's gone to another level. Like I think he he was very good last season, but now I feel like he, he is you know, one of the best players in the league. Um, I would enjoy him while you can, because uh, he, he might... <laughs> He might not be there for too many years longer. But having said that, the ways are going. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like it's, you've, you've beaten, beaten Liverpool. You've beaten Arsenal. Um, beaten Leicester. Like it's three of the yeah. best, three of the best teams traditionally in the, in, in the league. So I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, what, I mean, with, with, what do you expect with, with Grealish? He he signs, you know, that a new five-year deal at the start of the season. So if anyone does want to come and take him, they're going to have to spend a heck of a lot of money. I mean, he, I've, I've had a season ticket 23 years now. He, he is the most gifted player I've ever seen play for Villa. And I, I don't know, not, not so much in the last 10 years, but we did used to have some very good players play for our club well, I think in the late 90s. I think you're clearly forgetting about Dion Dublin, who was very gifted in other ways. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Big Dion. I love Big Dion. But um, no, I, I, honestly, he. I've been I've been saying it for a number of years now. Um, he's he's a special, special footballer, and I, I think he's such a unique talent. I cannot understand why why he's not in that England starting lineup for no, every game. I mean, that is it's criminal. I think I hate the fact that Mason Mount gets to blame for it because I think Mount himself is actually a very good player, but he's just not as good as Greenish. <laughs> You're, you're just spot on, and they're different players. And the worry that I think will happen for Mount is, yeah, it's not maybe not quite the same. You know, like Jesse Lingard used to get absolutely slated, and it's like, you know, it's, it's not his fault that he's been picked. 
you know, Mount is a good player, and it's not his fault that he gets picked ahead of Grealish. But it, the fact that you know everyone—it's not just Villa fans now; it's all other fans are kind of taking the piss and saying, "Oh, you know," but Mount's going to play ahead of him. And it's yeah, I, I feel a bit sorry for him, but that's one hundred percent Southgate's own fault for that because. For whatever reason, he's got a problem with Jack and, uh, but yeah. Anyway, I'm, forget Southgate being a dickhead. I just want to be happy about our fantastic start to the season. What, what I'll add to to your thing, um, that McGinn goal has to be disallowed. I, I know what you're saying that the keeper's never saving it anyway, but he can't save it when he can't see the ball um, from that close in. It, it mm. has to be given offside. I, I, I understand the complete logic to everything you're saying, two goalkeepers, all that, but calling yeah. it from inside the box, the player blocking the keeper is only about four yards away from the keeper. There's no way an official cannot give that as, I'm as offside. Just, I'm just not sure how much he's blocking him, to be honest. like He's not like he was right in front of him. He, he is. There's a, I've just literally looked at... Uh, because I hadn't seen the game at all, he, he, he's right in front of the short line. Um, I don't think the keeper actually sees the ball till it's in the net. Um, oh, well. yeah. Just a, a wonderful hey. thing. And as I say, I, I think I said it a few weeks ago to you, Simon, I genuinely believe Aston Villa might have the best midfield in the league. Um, Barkley, if you class him as Grealish as a midfielder, because he's kind of he's kind of an addition to that midfield. We McGinn, Louise, um, yeah, uh, Trezeguet. Trezeguet, sorry, yep. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, there's maybe players with better ability than some yeah. of them, but as a collective unit and the way they play with the right amount of hard work in the right amount of who's the is it Trezeguet the other week? Who did was it against Liverpool? Trezeguet, yeah, just run himself into the ground, like uh, literally. Minute he got taken off, he was still chasing down every single. I think he covered more ground than our, our whole team collectively. It was he, just he's the player. So last season he he did really really struggle. Um, this year he to be fair to I, I you know, in the summer I, I thought that we'd probably try and get rid of him or make an upgrade. But to be fair to him, he's really kicked on a level this year. As you say, his work rate. Is phenomenal. I don't think he's the most gifted ability-wise, but sometimes you you just need a, a real workhorse in that team. And yeah, he's yeah, as you say, the, the ground that he covers is unbelievable. To be to be fair to the lads, I I do think Barkley might go down as the signing of the season, just purely to link it all together. Um, yeah, um, I just think he's he's like the final piece of a jigsaw for Villa. Um, it, I know it's it not just, no piece, but, but the, the thing with him, it, it, it takes some of the pressure off Grealish in terms of last year. It was just everything went through him, and teams could double up. They can't, they cannot. You can't double up or even put three men on him anymore because of Barkley. McGinn's back fully fit now, and also Ollie Watkins. We've got we've got a striker who can actually cause problems. So. Yeah, very, very happy days at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, guys, anything else to add on the weekend or any talking points for the internationals coming up, bar the fact that Jack Grealish won't get a game and we'll be having <laughs> this in the next international break? No, I'm just, just looking forward to 
England v Iceland from Albania. That's the, that's the dream. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not in a global pandemic and our players are travelling all around the world. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, heaven forbid anybody catches anything. Right, we'll um, we'll round it up there. Simon, yeah, Simon, pimp, pimp your socials and uh, yes, yeah, so on Twitter at Sio Regan and Dave. Anything coming up, man wise, and give us a plug. We'll be. Fantastic listeners can find you. Uh, so on Twitter, I am at CM9798, um, and you can follow uh, the blog and all the lockdown challenges we're doing uh, on cm9798.co.uk, and the Champman podcast should be out this week. We have a little snag last week, which is why I've been delayed a week, but we should be in your ears this Thursday. Excellent, excellent. And you can find all Man and Post stuff at Man and the Post on all your social media channels. Um, give us a like, five-star review, anything you can you can do to promote us, share, retweet, um, any suggestions that you'd like to hear or anybody that you'd like to have on, just hit us up. Um, and that'll be all from us this week. So always remember to keep your man in the post. <laughs>